0: Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're covering 2 Samuel 13, 14, Psalms 142, and 1 Corinthians 10. So we have Paul the Apostle who he's still talking to the people of Corinth and when he speaks he doesn't often talk in stories. Remember how Jesus spoke in parables? Um, Paul the Apostle and then some speakers speak in stories. He doesn't always speak in stories. He's very, very direct. So it's something you really, which I recommend you go back and read all the passages on your own because you're going to discover things that are going to speak directly to your spirit that that I'm not getting at this moment. So yes, definitely go back and read all these chapters. This particular chapter, chapter 10, Paul the Apostle is telling the people, he's saying, hey, look, we follow... We learn from the writings of Moses because we're supposed to learn from the, the, the Israelites that left Egypt. We know their stories because we're supposed to learn from them. Um, so I'm just going to read some passages. Um, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. He's talking about the people of Israel. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. Um, Okay, and then he is often referencing food and drink. Now, keep in mind, that's why it's so important that you read the whole Bible so things are not out of context. But remember in the Old Testament how important sacrificial foods were, how you ate foods. It, there, it was so important, so detailed. And remember, we were kind of annoyed with it like, okay, okay, so you sacrifice the bread, now you sacrifice this. Okay, okay, why all the details? It played a significant role back in those days. And so when he's referring to food, as he talks about it in chapter 10, it'll make more sense to you because you already know. Um, So here we are. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day... Okay, so then he's telling what happened. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed and destroyed by angels. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of ages has come. That is why it's so important to read the Old Testament. They're not just stories, but they're examples that we don't repeat because history often repeats itself. Unless you're aware of it, you can change it. So if you think you are standing f- firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has ever t- overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So the temptation of today is the sem- t- same temptations of the olden days. It's the same. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when... But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So the temptations that you're experiencing today are the same temptations that they had in the olden days. And that's going to be really important because what we're going to read in the story in the Old Testament today in 2 Samuel 13, oh my gosh, crazy story of temptation of someone who didn't, wasn't, uh, couldn't endure the temptation Uh, Then he moves on to, in chapter 10, we're still in 1 Corinthians, he talks about um, not having idols. This is interesting, verse 20, the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Okay. So the one thing I can tell you is demons are real, angels are real, the spirit world is real just as real as it was back then it is today. And then he moves down or we move down at the bottom of chapter 10. Um it, this is going to sound familiar because we read it in a previous chapter. You say I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising question of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Uh, Oftentimes people say that Satan is dominion over the earth, but it says clearly right here, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I just read what I read. Um, And then it moves down to, hey, be cautious not to cause people to stumble. Whatever they believe at this moment of their maturity, just kind of align with them. And um, whether they're Jew, Greeks, or the church, if they think it's like a sacrificial thing, just, it's interesting because a lot of people think, well, then if they believe things that are bad, um, we're supposed to align with them. No, no, no. If you read the whole Bible and you actually read all the scriptures on a regular basis, truth, integrity, um, goodness will just be embedded in your heart. So you won't have to have that kind of doubt. Like, let's say the world is saying being a transgender is acceptable and okay. And as Christians, we're supposed to tolerate it. And we're supposed to not rebuke them because we don't want to judge. Wrong. That's not true. We have discernment. We know righteousness. We've embedded the what is truth in our heart, and we'll be able to address and deal with all of these people in a loving way. We can love the person and hate the sin, right? Okay, let's move on to, um, you know what? I'm actually going to jump to the story in the Old Testament because we just talked about temptation, and we're going to jump to the Old Testament and give an example of exactly that. Chapter 13 uh-oh. This is this is really intense and juicy. Okay. So, King David has a son. His name is Amnon. A M N O N. Amnon. He has this intense temptation, passion over his sister. Now, the way they say it is, in the course of time, Amnon son of David fell in love with Tamar, Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. So Absalom, I'm assuming, I'd have to go back, like, who was his mother? Absalom. Who was his mother? So it must have been from different mothers, because of the way they say it. He does not say his sister, sister. He says the sister of Absalom, and Absalom is the son of David. So basically Tamar is also the sister to Amnon. So he was just tormented by this obsession over it, this love for his sister. And his attendant or some other guy said hey why don't you lay in bed pretend you're sick tell your da- your father that you want your sister to come and give you food David's like okay that's weird but fine so he tells the sister Tamar go make food for your brother Amnon well when he when she did that she was making the bread and then he told all his attendants leave the room Yep. And then he told his sister Tamar, come over, give me the bread. And when she went to feed him, he grabbed her and then he raped her. Dreadful. She was tormented and she fought. She fought terribly, but it says that he was stronger than her. And she says, don't do this. It's going to shame you. It's going to shame me. How could you do this to me? She just fought. It's this dramatic story in this chapter. And he raped her. And then he despised her after that. He hated her more than he loved her, and he sent her away, and she says, don't send me away because what good am I now? So she ripped her garment, and then when her brother Absalom found out, he was so angry, but he said, live in my house. Don't say anything. I don't know why he did it that way because maybe he wanted to avenge the crime himself, I don't know, but he sent her to his house. she lived there, but when King David heard about it, he was furious now chapter twenty one I mean verse twenty one it just says, when King David heard of this, he was furious. Okay, and what did you do? Doesn't say he did anything, and Absalom never said a word to Amnon, either good or bad. he hated Amnon because he had disgraced his sister Tamar two years later. This is going on for two years. She must have lived in her brother's house for two years. Two years later, when Absalom was sheep shearing, he invited the brothers and David, King David. King David says, well, I can't go. But the brothers went, all the brothers. And when Abs- Amnon was drunk, he had his attendants kill Amnon. The other brothers scattered because they thought, oh my gosh, Absalom's going crazy. He's killing all of his brothers. And they ran away. And someone told David that all the sons were dead. And he was, he ripped off his clothes and he fell to the ground. And then someone else came to David and says, no, 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 time out, time out. Not all your sons are dead, just Amnon. <laughs> Which I don't know what that meant. like. But he still had to mourn. He still had to mourn. And then he found out that it was Absalom that killed him. Absalom ran away to go hide, but David loves Absalom. He was devastated. And he wanted to see him, but he didn't. He didn't call for him, and he let him live in Gashur for three years. But he was distraught because he wanted to see his son. He still loved his son, Absalom. And then when Joab said, okay, this is getting ridiculous, he devised a trick, which you'll have to read it. It's a whole story. I can't explain it because it's long. Um, But basically, use an example showing David that you need to call your son back. So David did call his son back, but he didn't want to see his face. Maybe because he knew that the law was that Absalom would have to be killed, you know, a life for a life, but he didn't want Absalom to be killed. So if he kept him away, it was like he avoided the issue. Absalom could live and never have to deal with the consequences. That's my guess, because David loved his sons. Um but finally towards the end of chapter fourteen, Absalom says, Look, I have to see my father, and if he's gonna kill me, then let him kill me. But I have to see him, and that's how it ends. And he goes to King David, throws himself to the ground, and King David kissed Absalom. Dun, 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 dun. That's the story. Isn't that getting crazy? So it's the children of King David this is where the story gets really intense. Okay. Now we're going to go back to Psalms 142. This is King David. Well, actually he wasn't a king yet. So for this particular Psalms, we believe that it is while David was in the cave, he is expressing his heartache. And it says, I cry aloud to the to the lord i lift up my voice to the lord for mercy i pour out before him my complaint before him i tell my tell him my trouble this is why god also loved david because he was so transparent with him and he poured out his troubles he poured out his praises he poured out he was just gave everything to god and he trusted the lord in before battle he had a true true relationship with god verse 5 I cry to you, Lord, I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. King, Well, he wasn't a king yet, but David is such a wonderful example of a heart-centered person. So there you go. That was second Samuel 13, 14, Psalms 14two, and First Corinthians 10. It was kind of an intense one today. Kind of intense. All right. Have a great day, everyone.